Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from Scripture will inspire and encourage you. In this episode, we explore one of the most talked about prophecies in Scripture, the 70 weeks described in the ninth chapter of Daniel. Examining this important prophecy, we seek to answer three questions. When will the 70 weeks begin and end? What are the signs this prophecy is coming true? And what will be the end of the age when the prophecy is fulfilled? Using Matthew 24 as a help, we conclude that the abomination of desolation is coming and will take mankind by surprise. Well, we looked at the new earth and what's going to come in terms of what's going to replace this earth. And we had a question of, well, what happens between here and now? What can we know about the sequence? And so last time, last time we were together, I talked about a few of the things I think are definitive about the sequence that's going to happen. Most things, I would say, we have clues, but they're, they're not definitive. And have made the point that the Pharisees who really knew the Bible backwards and forward, I mean, they memorized the thing. And they, they had, in large part, uh, discerned that there were two messiahs and and uh, a lot of things that were true, but the idea that there was a sequence uh, with uh, uh, the same Messiah that came and then had a big gap and then came again, that, that was something that they really never ferreted out. And the idea that the Messiah was actually God become man, they totally missed, even though the clues are there. So I think we can look at clues, we can build models, uh, we can look at what's definitive, and uh, we just mostly want to take the lessons that are clear when we talk about prophecy, which there are some, definitely. So let's start back in Daniel 9. Uh, Last time we looked at Daniel 2, and we looked at the statue. The statue has very definite uh, sequence, and it has the whole history of of the world in there, and the history of the world as, as outlined in Daniel 2 has kingdoms, five kingdoms. And we started with Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian kingdom. It was replaced by the Persian kingdom, the silver breastplate. That was replaced by Alexander the Great and his conquered world, the Greek conquered world that split into four kingdoms, two of which became very dominant, which were the Ptolemies in Egypt and the Seleucids in Syria. Uh, then That was then swallowed up with Rome. And then the fifth kingdom is the kingdom of God. A stone not cut with hands comes down and destroys the statue and the kingdom of God fills the earth. That one's yet to come. Uh, So we have the Roman era that we're in and we talked about all the similarities that we have with Rome and how we think like Romans and how we have a Roman world uh, that keeps fragmenting and breaking into pieces but is tough as iron. And this, this statue is still um, a, a, uh, a good um, summary of the way the world works. Well, what's ahead of us today, we're going to talk about from Daniel 9. We talked about the 70 weeks of Daniel, the 77 years, and we read about how 69 of the years will come, and then Messiah will be cut off, transgression will be uh, taken care of, iniquities. Uh, taken care of and so forth and then it says uh, 
well, we'll just look at verse 26. After the 62 weeks, there were seven, then 62, so we get to 69. Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. The people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. That would be Rome. The end of it shall be with a flood. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. So this is the 70th week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So this is the week that's ahead of us. We've seen the 69 weeks. And this was 70 weeks are determined for your people. So this is for the people of Israel. So you get 69 weeks. Messiah's rejected. Messiah's, the people are cut off. And then you have this long interlude of this Roman period. And the 70th week is the last part of the sequence. All right, so let's go to Matthew 24, and and most of the rest of our lesson here will be going through Matthew 24. Matthew chapter 24, then Jesus went out, well, let me start in in 23, uh, 37. You know these chapters are are not inspired, and um, so this, this thought continues on here. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus says, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So verse 3, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, so the Mount of Olives is just east of the city of Jerusalem, and you can see, if you... You see anybody's picture from uh, having visited Israel, it's likely they'll have a picture from the top of the Mount of Olives looking over the city. You get this real grand panorama of the city and the temples just across the valley there. So they're looking, they're on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, and they have three questions. This is Matthew 24, verse 3. Three questions. He says, Tell us, when will these things be? So, question number one is what? Yeah, when when is this going to happen? What these things are they talking about? Yeah, the destruction of the uh, of the temple. What else? Yeah, yeah, you're not going to see me anymore until you say this blessed is he. So, we're really talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Immediate context here, the destruction of Jerusalem and the return of Jesus, which they don't really understand yet. That they still hadn't gotten it that Jesus is actually going to go back to heaven and then come back again. They didn't really understand that until after the resurrection. Okay? So the first question is, tell us when are these things going to be? What's the second question? What are the signs? Okay, so when's it going to happen? What signs will we see that let us know it's coming? And the third thing is, what will be the end of the age? So when, when is this going to happen? What are the signs? And what's the end of the age? Now Jesus spends the next good long while answering these three questions. Let's look and see which question he answers first. 
Jesus answered, said to them, Take heed, no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. So which question is he answering first? The last. That's the last one, yeah. And this is this chiastic thinking is, is all through the Scripture, right? You kind of go in A, B, C, C, B, A. And, and even in our culture, if you ask somebody three questions, they'll answer the one that they heard last first, and then, then what will they say? What were the first two questions? Yeah, right. So Jesus doesn't say, now what were the first two questions? But he answers the most recent one last. So he says, the end is not yet. So you're going to hear wars. You're going to hear rumors of wars. He just got through telling them about this big destruction of the temple, right? So there's going to be all kinds of wars, but that's not the end. Verse 7, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and various praises. But these are not the end. What are they? The beginning of sorrows, or some of the translations, these are birth pangs. So you see birth pangs, they start, they get intense, they end, they start, they get intense, they end. They keep getting ever more intense until finally you have a delivery. So we're going to have this cycle that's going to happen. Verse 9, they'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you'll be hated by nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and they'll hate one another. What's he, what's he telling them? One clue here about the, when the end's going to come. I think they're getting a clue. It's going to be after their death because he says they're going to kill you and then all this other stuff's going to happen. Verse 10, Then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. To the end of what? The age. Endures what? Yeah, all the stuff that just happened here. And and the thing that we're mainly got to endure is our love growing cold. Isn't that interesting? Because, you know, when things are lawless and there's a lot of iniquity around, it's easy to get kind of jaded and hardened and have your love grow cold. It's not an easy thing to keep that. Now, he's talking here about the end of an age, but I think we can take this as an application since there's these birth pangs, and we're going to go through these cycles. Uh, We can take this as an application that as you're mistreated, as you are uh, confronted with people that don't tell the truth, people that pervert the Scriptures people that um, hate, people that perpetrate violence, injustice. Uh, and we see, that, we, see, we see this locally, we see this nationally, we see this all over the world. It's easy to just get uh, hardened. But what we want to do are, is continue to love all the way to the end of our lives. In this particular context, he's talking about being saved from persevering to the end of the age. Verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So there's your answer to the first, que- the third question. When will the end come? Well, it's going to come after these birth pangs, after all these troubles, um, and 
uh, sorry, what will be the end of the age? The end of the age will be this, when the gospel of the kingdom is preached throughout the whole world. Now, I think he starts to answer the second question in the next verse, which is, what would the signs be? Then he says, therefore, they're all connected, of course, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Jerusalem flee to the mountains. So here's your big sign. Let's go back to Daniel real quick, Daniel chapter 9. Verse 27, then he, and this is the Antichrist, we'll see more about this when we get to Revelation here in a minute, he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he'll bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate. So there's your abomination of desolations spoken of in Daniel. And this is what Jesus refers to here. When you see this happen, then you know that you need to flee. He has more signs here. Let him sit on the housetop, not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who's in the field, don't go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray your flight might not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be such great tribulation, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall ever be. Now, there are a lot of people that interpret all these verses to uh, refer specifically to the uh, destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. And, you know, there's some support for that. You've got uh, Jesus saying that this temple is going to be torn down stone by stone, and it was in, in 70 A.D. Uh, and it was a really horrific event, something like half a million Jews killed. But it wasn't something that had never been seen before. It was not that different than what happened when Nebuchadnezzar came in and knocked down Jerusalem. It was very similar. And it was not a worldwide event. But it was a birth pain. Um, And Titus, although he did come in and desecrate the temple in terms of taking all the stuff back and selling it to build the Colosseum. The Roman Colosseum was financed with the destruction of the the temple in uh, Jerusalem. Um, I don't think he stood in the middle after three and a half years and stood in the temple and declared himself God, like Antiochus Epiphanes did. We talked about him last time. So look, verse 24, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he's in the desert, don't go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the sun, coming of the Son of Man. Where, wherever the carcass is, there the eagle will be gathered together. So think what he's saying here is, the sign, when you see the abomination of desolation, you need to get out of here. That's the big sign. And when I come back, it's not going to be something that you have to really debate. And when I come back, everybody's going to know it. It's going to be like lightning that goes all the way to the east to the west. I've actually never seen lightning that went all the way from the east to the west. But, you know, I've seen some of these phenomenal lightning storms, and it's it's not something you just ignore. I mean, they are big and loud, and you just can't really overlook them. Well, this is one that's so huge, nobody's going to overlook this. So there's the signs. So the end of the age is going to be after the gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the earth. 
And the sign's going to be that you've got the abomination of desolation. And then Jesus returns in a, in a way that's we're going to make no mistake. Um, and then I think he answers the first question, when? So immediately after the tribulation of those days, well, I, I think these are some more signs actually. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and the tribes of the earth will mourn. They'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. He will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet and they'll gather together the elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So I don't know if this is a second rapture or uh, a, a third rapture or exactly how this gathering happens, but clearly there's a gathering that takes place at the end of the, of the uh, period as well as uh, at the beginning. So we'll, we'll look at that again in a second. Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. Now I think he's answering the question of when. Learn this parable from the fig tree. When... Its branches have already become tender and puts forth leaves. You know the summer's near. So when when, when that you, when you see the things happening, then you know that uh, a result's about to take place. So you also, when you see these things, know it's near at the door. Surely I say to you, this generation will no, by no means pass away till these things are take place. And the generation he's talking about is the generation that sees the signs. But. Verse 36, of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So he tells us about the end of the age. He tells us about the signs, but the when, he says what? No, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Now he goes on and does something very interesting here because he told us the abomination of desolations of signs. He says there's other signs, birth pang signs, sun and moon darkening and other things. He tells us the gospel of the kingdom will be preached all throughout the earth. The gospel of the kingdom, by the way, is a, is a technical term that is way more than just conversion of belief, interestingly enough. I, I would be very interesting to know uh, what that entails. Uh, then, then he answers the question, when, by saying... Uh, nobody knows. But verse 37, he says this, But as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them away. So will be the son of the coming of man be. So the point is, it's going to come and just people are going to be unaware. Now, this is taken two different ways that I know of. One is that There'll be some aware, some unaware. So the unaware, Noah was aware. He knew it was coming. Uh, and God told him, go get in the ark. Just like Jesus says, when you see this abomination of desolation, run, run away. Um, and then the other people were just taken unaware. Uh, but then uh, the other way it's taken is that uh, there's an imminent return of Jesus, uh, even though he told us the signs have to come before he returns. And this is where this is one of the this is the the, the path I take because I think what Jesus is telling us here is even though we can't know when uh, we can know that these signs are going to happen before the end of the age takes place and and remember Paul uh, talked about this in Thessalonians let's just look there real quick chapter two 
1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or letter, as if from us, though the day of the Lord Christ had come. Okay, so it's something, everything, ah, we missed it. It's, it's already happened. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that's called God of, or that is worshiped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself he's God. Do not remember I told you these things. And this again, I think, is the abomination of desolation. So Paul is saying, look, you, you don't think that the end of the world happened and you missed it until this sign of this abomination of desolation, this man of sin standing in the temple declaring himself God takes place. That's not the end. Don't let anybody deceive you about this. At the same time, we're told the return of Jesus is imminent. This teaching will continue in the following episode. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening.